Hello everybody, good evening. So this week is Parshas Bamidbar, which also coincides with being Arab Shavuos, as I'm sure everybody's aware of by now. <clears throat> so we're going to uh, learn through some of the halachas of Yantiv and Shavuos and things that are specific for this year. And, um, and then we'll talk a little bit about Shavuos. <clears throat> so when preparing for Shavuos, the big question that always arises is how to use one oven for both dairy and meat. So there's a few different options. So one option is, is that whatever the oven is, for example, let's say the oven is meat, if it's fleshig, so then you could do dairy as long as the dairy is covered, or if the dairy is something dry, which doesn't give off any, uh, like a, a kugel or something like that. So that would be okay. So you would have, so if even if the oven is fleshig, if your dairy is covered or if it's dry, that can be done just as is without having to cash the oven in between. If you do want to be able to do uncovered dairy, so then you would need to cash the oven in between, but cashing it, as we've said many times, is not so complicated. All you need to do is turn it on the highest for about 45 minutes or an hour. And uh, you can also technically what you can do is, is that uh, as soon as you finish baking whatever it is you're making, let's say you're making something dairy, you can just leave the oven on and just leave it on for 45 minutes and then it's cashered. Um, like I said, ideally, you know, move up the temperature, but that's, that's really all you need to do. But th these options uh, the, of cashering the oven obviously only is applicable before Yontiv. And on Yontiv, you don't have an option of, ca you're not allowed to cash an oven on Yontiv. So... Therefore, you have you have to revert back to plan A, which is to make sure that whatever the oven is, if you're doing something else, the different one in the oven, have the food either covered or it's something which is dry. And even if, let's say, the food you're making, let's say it's lasagna, it's liquidy, and the foil tears a little bit and some steam comes out, that's fine. A little bit of steam is not going to change the status of anything. So as long as it's mostly, you know, 90%, 95% covered, you're, you're okay. One thing is always important, and it's obviously Arab Shavuos is when this becomes more of a concern, is to be careful when you're cutting things that are sharp or uh, frying things that are sharp, which would mean onions, garlic, um, uh, jalapeno peppers, cutting... Um, uh, lemons, etc. Those things. So those are those. Those have the ability to make something fleshig or milchig or vice versa. So if you were to cut onions with a fleshig knife and then sauté it in a milchig frying pan, that would actually cause a serious issue. So that's something that should yeah, you have to. You do have to be kind, uh, quite um, aware of on Arab shuas when you're making dual meals. Um, I think someone just asked how many layers of silver foil it needs to be covered with if you're putting it into oven. One layer is enough. Well, like I said, it doesn't. It's not the kind of um, like it's not a tray for oven. So it's it's just just one one layer is is sufficient as long as it's mostly covered. Even is enough. Now, as far as having a milchig meal on Shavuos, as we all know, there is a, an existing minig to have milchig. The way in Shulchan Aruch, uh, the Ramah quotes the minig is an interesting way. His, his presentation is not to have a devoted meal, which you only eat milchig, but rather to have one meal, which you do both. You have the beginning of it milchig, and then in the middle, middle of the meal, you switch to fleshig. Now, actually, typically during the year, you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to eat both milchig and fleshig within one meal without benching. Uh, there's a zayhar that says you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't have milchig and fleshig within one meal. But in this case, there's a dispensation made due to the minig 
And uh, that's, the way, that's the way the Ramah presents it. And the reason why he says the Minig exists is because when you have Melachig and Fleshig, you need to have separate challah for each one of the meals. So you'd have to have one challah for the Melachig meal and a different challah for a Fleshig meal because challah that was on the table by a Melachig meal or by a Fleshig meal can't be used for the other kind of meal. Now that's an important lesson in and of itself, that the challah that you have on the table by a melchig meal can't be used by a fleshig meal, and the challah that's on a table by a fleshig meal can't be used to make melchig French toast, and so on and so forth. So that's the, that's the halacha lesson that we can deduce from this Ramah, but that's the way he presents it. And the way he presents it, it's a little bit easier to understand how it doesn't conflict with the typical obligation to eat meat on Yantiv, which is a myth of Simchas Yantiv. So according to him, you're doing both, so you're fine. Um, but uh, the other minig is also a very prevalent minig to just have a, a totally dedicated dairy meal, and Shavuos is different because there is various different uh, deep um, connotations to the milchig meal besides this one that the Ramah said. There's also many Kabbalah concepts that are represented by dairy, and then of course is the famous one that everybody knows, which is that it was much easier for some reason to prepare a dairy meal when Klal Yisrael was Makabal the Tyra than it was for them to prepare a fleshig meal. <clears throat> now, um, Moving on to, uh, moving away from the cooking. Oh, I want to mention one other thing. Someone asked me, this also happens, it does tend to happen on Yantav, I've had this child more than once, is that if your oven goes off um, over this three-day Yantav, for whatever reason, like that you forgot to turn off the 12-hour shutoff or you don't have the 12-hour shutoff, can you ask a non-Jew to turn it on on Yantav? And the answer is you can. You could ask a non-Jew directly to turn it on for you, but you can only ask the non-Jew to turn it on for that day, meaning you can have them turn it on on Sunday, if you're lucky enough to have a, uh, a gaita on Sunday, you can have a, a, them turn it on for you for the Sunday meal, and it'll stay on for Sunday night, but you can have them turn it on Sunday afternoon so that you can be using it Sunday night. That's a chana, and that wouldn't be allowed. You wouldn't be allowed to ask a non-Jew to do something that's relevant for the next day either. Another thing that it'll be applicable to have a non-Jew this year is the garbages. So garbage pickup um, in our area is Monday, and Monday is Yantiv, and you can't carry the garbage cans because they're muktzah. So that's a problem. So I will be taking the garbages out Arab Shabbos, and we'll just leave them there. But uh, otherwise, you have a problem because you can't take them out on Yantiv. So if you have an access to a non-Jew, you can have the non-Jew pull out the garbages. And again, you can ask them directly to pull out the garbages for you uh, Sunday night for the sake of the Monday pickup, um, or yeah, or however, and then have them bring it back as well. When after the garbages are picked up, you can't bring them back on Monday afternoon. You have to wait till Matzayantiv because again, they are uh, they're muksa. <clears throat> when uh, lighting candles for Yantiv, so you have to prepare, like every every time you have this uh, two-day Yantiv or a Shabbos and a Yantiv, you have to have a uh, some f- way to light a fire on Yantiv, because you can only light from an existing fire. So you have to light a yardside candle, so that uh, you'll be able to use that to light if you have uh, to light your candles. And if you have a gas flame stove, so then obviously that solves that problem, and you can just use the glass flame to light your candles. I just want to point out for some anybody who is lighting a yardside licht for because of Yizkar, um, if you're lighting a yardside licht for for Yizkar, that should be a separate candle, not this one that you're using to light from. And that also should ideally be lit before Shabbos. So you should have a three-day um, yardside licht so that it burns till through the second day of Yizkar because it's a little questionable to light a yardside licht 
on Yantiv because it's not really for any purpose that serves Yantiv. So if you but if you do forget or you can't light it Erev Shabbos and you do need to light the Yartzeit Licht on Yantiv, you can, but you should put it together with your other other uh, Licht, your other uh, lights on uh, Sunday night so that you have the benefit of the light as well. That's if you're if you're lighting a Yartzeit Licht. Um, now this year we have Havdalah. Uh, oh, I saw someone asked if, uh, if you can ask a non-Jew to bring the garbages back, and the answer is you can. You can ask them. Muktzah is not a problem for, uh, for to ask. You can ask a non-Jew to move Muktzah, so that would be both directions would be allowed. I mean, I also, I'll add that it's not a very practical Eitzah, uh, but if you have a way of getting those garbages out without having to use your hands, like if you can do it with your elbows or you can shove it somehow, um, that's also permitted if you can do it with your body. I don't suggest it. You'll probably knock it over and end up with a bigger problem. <clears throat> okay, the, this year we're doing Havdalah, um, and uh, Havdalah is Matzah Shabbos, um, and as, as whenever we have this kind of Havdalah in the middle of Kiddush, so it becomes this question of how you do the Havdalah, you know, you hold two candles together, you can't light your Havdalah, normal Havdalah candle, because you can't put it out, so you'd have to let it burn down. So there's two, two uh, good options. I we posted a video a couple of years ago, I think the COVID year, of a great idea that someone came up with, which is you take a tea light and you just widen the hole where the wick comes out and you take the wick out of another tea light and stick it through. So now your single tea light has two wicks. And that's a great Yaknahaz candle, as we call it. That's a great Havdalah candle and it solves all problems and you can just let it burn out. So that's a great option. Um, otherwise, what you do, what the other option is, is that you have one candle burning um, and then just before you make the Barimere Eish, you stick the other candle into it so it forms a double flame and then you make the Barimere Eish and you do it with your fingers and then and your Yaitza that way. That's, that's, the, that's the best way to do it. Uh, I saw someone else just asked as far as what you can have a guy to do on Yantiv if you have your guy to coming. Um, <clears throat> so you can, they can clean the floors, that is allowed, and uh, the reason is even though mopping floors is not something that technically is allowed on, uh, for us to do, but you would be allowed, there are ways that you could mop the floor without being either on anything, like you could spot clean the floor, you could pour some water and rub it with, um, with tissues or paper towels. So there are ways to do it in, in a permissible fashion. So once there's a way to do it in a permissible fashion, you can ask the guy to, to do it, and then she chooses to do it anyway. that's easier for her. So she can do that. So she can, she can uh, definitely um, sweep and mop the floor, and she can do dishes as well, even though typically we say that's hachana, that's preparing, but here that that is being done by a non-Jew, and it also tr- contributes a lot to the beauty of the house, so we are lenient about that. Otherwise, you shouldn't have her do something that's out an, an outright hachana. Like um, if she's folding laundry for after yantiv, that's that you shouldn't have her do that because that is uh, that's outright hachana. That's that you sh- that that should be avoided. <clears throat> another uh, a- another application of extinguishing a flame on yantiv is if you do have a gas oven, which is not so typical here in Silver Spring. But if you do have a gas oven, um, it is questionable lowering the flame. And the only way that that's permitted to do is if there's food on it that would get ruined if the flame stays high. So basically what people do when you have a gas oven is that you, uh, you know, put soup on the fire. And then when it starts bubbling, you lower the flame so that it doesn't bubble over. And that's the, a permissible way to see to it that you can, uh, you can, you can lower a flame on Yantiv. Um, the actual oven itself, I've also mentioned a number of times, even when it's in Shabbos mode, 
the majority of Paiskim do not allow you to, ro- to raise the temperature or to lower the temperature, although I'm aware that the Star K does allow it, but the majority of, um, of Paiskim outside of the Star K do not allow it, which is what I believe as well. So um, it's leave the oven on a temperature that works for both ways, for warming and for heating, and, uh, just, and avoid any kind of changing temperature. Anyantif.